0: In an ever-accelerating world, sped up by technology and more rapidly changing consumer demands, innovation is a prerequisite to remain competitive. Yet, it's far from being a self-propelling item. Despite many resources available, many big and small companies really struggle with innovation. In the quest to change that, many of them look at startups for the right talent, knowledge, and or mindset. Startups, on the other hand, especially in the recently rough market environment, are finding it harder and harder to secure the necessary resources and often have to rethink their business model. Corporates, with their deep pockets and market access, hence become very interesting collaboration partners. As a result, many corporates and startups are looking to tighten their bonds through events, through accelerator programs, through partnerships, through investments, through acquisitions, etc. And there are many stellar examples that show that successful collaboration between corporates and startups can unleash tremendous value. That is, if done correctly. There are equally many examples where startups and corporates invested millions and lots of time and still have nothing to show for. In this mini series in collaboration with PwC, we therefore talk about do's and don'ts of collaborative innovation dive deep into the possible pitfalls and provide actionable to-dos to foster success. In my role as a founding partner of Boldtype, the leading product and venture studio focused on the next generation, I'm joined by Janis Grube and Stefan Hofnagel, the leaders of the PwC scale program in Germany, who have worked with hundreds of startups and corporates to unleash successful innovation. Janis, Stefan, if you look at the average startup, they are really good at identifying market opportunities, but they notoriously are starved of resources. Corporates have the other problem. They often have the resources, they have access to markets, but they don't quite know how to properly innovate. So arguably the solution is simple, right? You just bring both parties together and problem solved. Now, the problem is that both sides often don't really have a good understanding of the vehicle, so to speak, that drives that innovation. And so, in order to right now map out this the landscape a bit, Stefan, how would you actually classify the different types of innovation
1: and collaborative innovation? Thank you, Kilian, for the question. I think you're completely right. There's a lot of opportunities or a lot of possibilities to work with startups, and there's uh, even more words to describe them out there. So I think if you're new to the game or new to the ecosystem, there's there's a lot of need of understanding what I'm actually doing or what I can do. The way we try to classify the different options a corporate have is, first of all, from perspective. Um, So am I looking for outside-in or inside-out innovation? So is that something I'm trying to do from within with my experts, with my colleagues, that I'm trying to uh, engage in innovative projects? Or is it something, of course, outside in, working with startups? So I'm looking for inspiration, for input from the innovation ecosystem. So I think one, if you look at incubators, accelerators, innovation challenges, so one thing to look at the ways, is is it inside out or outside in innovation? And I think the second big part corporates have to ask themselves is, um, what do I want to invest? Not only from a budget or money perspective, but also from a people, from a from a time perspective. Is that something I just want to be inspired from the outside and I have, you know, a partner maybe who's doing the work for me or is that something I want to build up myself? Is that something I want to build up maybe a whole team that's working with the startups to to engage with founders and to look at venture clienting, for example, where you look at solutions from startups and really try to to see the opportunities you have for their solutions to include in your corporate business. So I think it's always a, it's a perspective mm-hmm. from... Outside in, inside out, and obviously the invest, and then it comes to what are the outcomes. The more the, the the more you invest, obviously the faster you are, and maybe the faster you are to overtake competition or catch up with competition. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And Yannas, what's your perspective? Because you're coming more from the startup sides. How
2: would you let's say from from a founder's perspective classify this different? <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, from from a founder's perspective. It's likely the same in the general aspect of saying, okay, what's my aim with this collaboration on that Mm -hmm. point? But in the end, I think there are two points that are quite relevant. The one is the level of commitment you see at the corporate Mm -hmm. and the other one is the level of influence it would give to your business model because it is a good potential if you will go the journey together, especially at the beginning, but as well there's a risk to be so highly influenced that you cannot move as fast as you want or that you're not attractive anymore for other clients. And therefore, yeah, try out to find out how seriously is the corporate doing it mm-hmm. when they are saying, okay, we would like to cooperate with you or we would like to do something in the innovation space. In the end, there would be no CEO today who would say, I don't know, I don't like innovation, we don't need it. Right. All I would say, yes, we do. But the question is what is behind it? How high is the commitment on leadership level? Mm-hmm. Are there people that are out there that are having yeah, passion for it and representing the corporate? Are they really backed internally with the mission mm-hmm. they are really pronouncing outside to the market? And that should be the question for a founder to say, okay, is the commitment really there on several levels and could they go and promise? really, yeah, they do what they promised to me. Mm-hmm. And then you have the level of influence saying, okay, will it affect my future development and kind of maybe other corporates won't do it with myself due to strategic issues or maybe that you are so close to a competitor. That you are not not an option anymore
0: right you spoke about outside in innovation so we have let's say innovation challenges yeah. we have the typical incubator accelerator programs uh, we have venture client mm-hmm. could you briefly let's say touch upon these what are those and how do they let's say fit into this this framework or this classification that you just described sure
1: i mean innovation challenges i think is a beautiful way to sort of put your challenges that you have as a corporate out there to see what are the startup solutions or the external solutions for your challenges. So I think it's, uh, if I look at the classification, it's, it's you know, outside in, you get, you get um, inspiration from the outside and the invest is quite low mm-hmm. because you have to somehow formulate the challenge you have as a company. You have to put it out there at a co-working space or at an event or with a partner and to, to find startups. So investment is, I think, quite low, but you get first inspiration, I would say.
0: So this is something that is, let's say, useful if you're about to start out, if you're really not quite sure where you want to go. Yeah, well, yeah Just exactly. to like test the waters in a way. Yeah. What, what we like
1: to do, I think, is, is is really helpful is to make the corporate really formulate what your challenges are. Not like we want to be more innovative. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We. It's hard to help you with that. Yeah. What. What. In what ways? Yeah. Is it something you want to do in in your manufacturing or in your processes, or it, do you want to do something completely different and in and, and and um evolve, evolve in new products, for example? So with our corporates, we really try to make them formulate what your challenges are. You know that can be inspire me for you know, what's what's out there. I don't want to miss any technologies. I don't want to miss any startups, but on the other end, it has also has to be a very specific thing that they're looking for. So for example, digitalize my manufacturing process with 20 year old machines. What startups are out there with sensors that can help me smartify my old ma- manufacturing. You know, that's something you get a quick response something to show for, Janis said it, to show your CEO maybe, for example, mm. say, hey, this this was not just an idea. We have a concrete solution and now we don't have to spend, you know, that amount of money on new machines. We have to spend this much. We can keep the old ones, but we know when they will malfunction, for example, because we have sensors on them now. And therefore it it, it has to be concrete and to get some, some uh, tangible feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next step, so to speak, let's say, if you talk about involvement, mm-hmm. The next logical step, so to speak, is to have an incubator slash accelerator program where you're investing more resources uh, as a corporate, where you set up a, a more, let's say complex framework where you not, don't just go out and say, "Hey, I'm hosting an event, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But we really have like a dedicated program which also trains or in a way, yeah coaches people along the way, coach startups.
2: Mm-hmm. what What's your take? Yeah, I think if you if you have to say like several options to do it it's like really uh yeah the, the completely opposite would be like doing it on your own yeah and right. then there's like this coming together in the middle and the commitment and and the level of, of really yeah, doing it together could really raise up with the different options so this innovation challenge is not really yeah really bringing you close together there's a low level of commitment but as well it's very good because you have like the first touch points so if you then go to Like an incubator or an accelerator, there are several ways to really execute this, to do it in the practice. Because Mm. uh, it could be like really giving support, giving mentorship, but leaving the startup alone. Or you as well could say, okay, I will invest in the startup. I will take equity. So this is a very, very completely different part. It's still Mm. an incubator maybe if you're more looking on, yeah, before proof of market and really want the ideation process. Or it could be like an accelerator if you're in the growth stage and accelerate your your growth as a startup. But then the question is really, and this comes then with the commitment, uh, do I invest or not? And from a corporate perspective, it's a question of how much does it fit to my strategic ways? Should it be always really in a strategic perspective to my existing business models or do I really want to see something new? Mm -hmm. And as well then from a founder perspective, looking as well right again on this question of commitment and influence, do I want to be like, uh, or do I want to like to have like an investor from this kind out of an accelerator or or not, or is there another option? So it's quite broad.
1: Yeah. And, and I think even before or between the challenge and before the accelerator can also just be a simple venture clienting, you know, I, I see a solution on the market and. I as a corporate I, a corporate I become a client of the of the startup obviously that you know have to be open for that they're not on the market for 20 30 years like maybe all your other uh, your other partners that you're working with so you have to be a bit more open and maybe your your uh, buying processes within has to change a little bit but before an accelerator I think venture clienting is a beautiful thing to just try out startup solutions and include them in your corporate. Yeah, to, to
2: change a bit is a good point. Yeah, we, we once had in, in one of our uh, like, like in, hey, we call it inside session where there are personalities out of the innovation ecosystem talking to founders, for example, on a, like a platform. And there was once a, a CEO of a, a bigger corporate in the manufacturing area saying, okay, I wouldn't like to be the first startup that works with us mm-hmm. because the learning journey is so huge on the corporate level as well. And I think that's just, that's like the challenge we are facing, and that's why it's always uh, yeah a process to go into it and then finding out the right way and maybe then dig deeper into the topic and into the mm-hmm. different type of uh, collaborative innovation.
0: So basically, if you if you map it out, you'd say, hey, first touch points or so to speak, the innovation challenges, and then oh, like transitioning over venture clienteling, you can eventually reach a form of incubation or acceleration program. That really then, let's say in terms of commitment, tightens things gradually even more together. And I mean, then there's further invest, like then there's other options such as CVC, um, venture building there, there's plenty of options, but right now talking about these three innovation or collaborative innovation options, uh, let's maybe dive into the the very first one. Say I'm a startup or I'm a corporate. I'm right in the beginning. I have no idea whether that's something for me. I'm just realizing maybe as you just said, Hey, there. Is probably the need for change, mm-hmm. and in order to kick this off, how first I think the first thing that the, both parties need to understand is how can this actually help me? Mm-hmm. And maybe Yannis start first from from the from the startup side. Mm-hmm. How can an innovation challenge help me actually as a startup get started in this collaborative innovation approach?
2: Yeah, I think we are far ahead of this uh, past where we would say it's always a clash of culture, mm-hmm. but. Still, there is like like a different type of culture in both companies. And if you're, for example, starting as an entrepreneur, maybe even still still alone with your first ideas in your head, this innovation challenges could be a very, very good good way to understand better the needs of a corporate, the challenges a corporate is facing, because uh, corporates are then quite, yeah openly saying, these are my problems, my challenges, the things I'm facing at the moment, and I have a need of innovation in these areas and. This then helps to really develop a product, especially if you are looking for like an B two B business model that can can fit into corporate needs, and that's why it, why it's a very open way to start with. It's a low commitment in the kind of way that you're yeah will or won't get something if you have the best idea or there's nothing really fixed yet. Mm-hmm. But there is the option to get in touch, to understand them, and if it's good, then to really yeah go on with this idea and go maybe as well then in a collaboration with them if They are open for it, but it's it's not fixed beforehand. Yeah, so it's an open way to understand it better from both sides, which I think is interesting because you often see
0: startups, you know, doing lots of market research. Mm-hmm. Actually, try to get in touch with uh, with corporate mm-hmm. clients if if they're in the B2B context. Try to phone them up. Trying to let's say search on different sources, like trying to mm-hmm. understand where the corporates gather in order to get a glimpse at what might be potential programs. But right now what you're saying is, hey, another way to, let's say, shortcut it is to simply participate in such innovation challenges because if at least you've, let's say, predefined a bit your field, then you can look proactively
2: for those and really get a good understanding is this one particular pain point. Definitely a yes. I think you can shortcut it if you decide for the right innovation challenge, Mm. because the setup should be should be really efficient from that perspective. It's more like this very, very broad innovation challenge with a lot of ideas. And then the, the people who are there to maybe even evaluate the ideas or to follow on on this, if they're not the right ones for what you are doing or mm. if there's no no clear idea on how there could be the next steps even outlined yet, then it might be as well a waste of time. So that's a risk you're taking, mm. but yeah, it could be like a, a good shortcut.
0: And how do you figure out whether it's
2: the right innovation challenge for me or not? Yeah, that's a very good good question. I think first of all, you have to see who is like really making the challenge. Who's behind it? Is it one corporate? Is it like a group? Do they have any 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 traction, or are there like like have been yeah events before in the same setup? And then you really should try to understand what is like the aim from the yeah organizers' point of view. And if this aim goes in the right direction with your aim, center mm. it's like a completely topic field for its own. But mm. yeah, these are like like the points that you should be aware of. And then switching a bit to the
0: corporate perspective, from from a corporate, how can the innovation challenge help me to to get started on this journey of corporate innovation of collaborative yeah. innovation? Yeah, sure. When we
1: talk to our clients, we always tell them, hey, let's just start with something because this field of innovation and digital transformation if you want to make it even bigger Mm. it's always a field where people i think stand in front of and they don't know where to start and so we always tell them hey don't make it complicated just start with small steps with something so you get in touch with founders doesn't matter who but just start with something yeah you get a feeling of what are their concerns what are their technologies what are they capable of what you might not be capable of Mm. and then from that point, you, you see in our conversations and the connections we make between startups and corporates, we see so many flashy, inspired eyes when they just do it and they just keep or they just start talking with founders. So I think the innovation challenge from a, from a corporate perspective is a very good way to do something with startups, get a feeling and then maybe evolve from there. Like because you meet someone and you want to work with them. So maybe you become a venture client or you evolve into a project together or develop something together. But it's a good way to, without any risk, like Janis said, from the startup perspective, there's no risk involved. There is, you know, it's a a very easy way to get to know each other. And it also helps, I think, what I said earlier from the corporate perspective to focus in an innovation challenge. What are actually the things, the challenges that I'm working on, that I need to work on from from a perspective, from my corporate perspective? And that can help.
0: I can definitely echo that. I think if you you look at a lot of corporates, that try to understand what are these novel technologies, for instance, like what kind of opportunities and threats do they offer uh, in terms of how can I leverage them for my production cycle, for marketing, for sales and so on and so forth, but also what kind of, let's say, innovative approaches and business models might come up by the help of such new technologies that ultimately might disrupt my market. And so getting a good understanding through that exchange, I think it's, it's a very good market research also for corporates to, to really get a touch and feel for it. Absolutely. Now, yeah. talking about, let, let's say I understood, hey, this is something for me, I, I'd like to take this step mm-hmm. of, of taking of where I'm hosting an innovation challenge in the sense of a corporate. How do I then foster the right framework?
1: framework for the corporates as in like what do they need to focus on to make this a success exactly yeah well I think like with everything it's commitment it's you have to find someone who's really interested in the topic you know it's, it's a people's b- business I would say it's important that you are enthusiastic and that you like to learn new things that you're open for, for for new people that you like to connect that you're a networker within the company but also without it's from my perspective very crucial and that you like to learn about people's visions. And if you're open and if you can listen, that's a, uh, also very very important, uh, very important topic. If you're able to listen and not talk about your company all the time, but let people talk and tell you about their technology and their, their vision, that's quite crucial, I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, usually, let's say more advanced corporates have their own digital units. They have people that some, somewhat have, or are more receptive to these ideas mm-hmm. or listening actually to the market rather than just saying hey we have a problem yeah we need to change something how do you identify these people in your organization who are the right ones to pursue such events
1: Mm -hmm. that's a very good question but I, i think these people normally come to you i mean if you have to ask someone to do something like in that industry like i know you're busy but don't why don't you why don't you go to this challenge or this event or this networking event and you have to make someone go i think that's a bad start from the beginning my feeling is also within pwc you get to know the right people who are really interested in this topic because they text you and they will identify themselves basically mm. within the company because especially our young colleagues we we get messages uh, like every week hey we know we we see what you guys are doing how can i help how can i be included in your activities and i think it's in within other companies it's the same when i talk to my clients you know there's a lot of production there's hr there's marketing and then then there's this innovation hub and they tell me the same thing they have all, always people coming up to them i like my job but i want to somehow be involved in what you guys are doing mm. and mm-hmm. these are the right people you need to collect i would say and and really keep them close because these are the people who help you distribute your innovation within the company because you said it there's maybe a team who's really focused on this but they need the the wingman the cheerleader whatever right. within the company who are then taking time out of their day to look at this new solution and don't don't stick with the routine like hey we we're happy with this process we have been doing this for five years now now we want to try something new you need to identify these people and usually it helps to have like an event. You host an event at your own company, for example, where you invite startups for a pitch, for example, or you have someone who's who's telling you something about the topic and you can see who shows up. That's maybe a good, gives you a good
2: idea. And adding on on this, I think in the end, these are people who are like the connectors, yeah? yeah. Not only to the market or to the field of innovation and to the ecosystem, as well inside the company. They shouldn't have any fear to approach the leadership with an idea they have. Close, should have a close connection, and and as well the the feeling that they understand what the leadership is doing. So as well, the communication should be quite open them with them to give the opportunity to really go out in the market and to find things that really fits in what the corporate is doing. So being connective in yeah both ways and being communicative is is very important. And I think one additional component
0: that comes into this is if you have these people. Within the organization that are, so to speak, your advocates for change, then these people are probably also the ones that, or at least from our experience, are the ones that show you, hey, these are the things that internally within the organization are not working. So we need solutions, new approaches to this. How can we, let's say, collaborate internally between the digital unit and the, let's say the the departments, the standard departments?
2: Mm. And then using the digital unit also as a connector to the outside world. Yes. Yep, yeah. Yeah. And in the end, these are not the ones who are delivering the solution, but they are the ones who are having the connection to the solution and who are able to as well, as you said, yeah, find out where's an area we need to change. Hmm. They as well uh, need to have like a little bit of a, a diplomatic skills to hmm. be, right. be the friends of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even that they are maybe saying, okay, I think there is change needed here, but it shouldn't be too personal. <laughs> hmm. So
0: open-mindedness is a crucial component to it. Are there other factors that, let's say, are conducive or even the prerequisite for successful innovation challenges, both from the startup and from the corporate perspective?
2: Yeah, from, 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 from I think even both perspectives, it's, it's like with everything you're doing, but you see again and again that it's not, not executed in the right way, that you need to have like an aim for it. You need to have a clear object. What, what do I want to achieve? With this, and you as well need to find something to measure. And right. then on the corporate level, I would say it's uh, often the question: Do I have the yeah consistency and and like like the the breath to to hold on for a longer time to see like the results of it? Because it's yeah. a mindset; it's not coming from from just doing it for a few months. Yeah. So it's a long time approach. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. On the one hand, the the long term approach and and innovation challenges. Often very limited in time, yeah. so you need to be able, or you need to have a setup in the back office to actually do something with the ideas. You know, some people, some companies have large teams, but in you know many middle market family-owned businesses, maybe that's the head of corporate development that also do something, does something with startups, yeah. right? And so he, this person needs to make sure that he has the the time, the the budget, whatever to when there are ideas coming out of these innovation challenges that he doesn't have time in three months to look at them, right? So you have to be quick and take your time out of the calendar short-term and what Janos said, have a long-term vision on it.
0: No, I can definitely echo that. I think a lot of our clients also approach us saying, hey, we have tons of ideas. Yeah. We, we know what to do, but we just simply don't have the resources. Uh-huh. Like if I approach the IT department, they say, well, I have a backlog of two years, Like, so come back in two mm-hmm. years. But by that point in time, obviously, yeah. like, doesn't it's happen. all irrelevant. Re- yeah. And so fostering that setup, but right now putting myself in the in the shoes of such uh, innovation leaders and internally, whether I'm let's say more in the classical department and just do it as a hobby, so to speak, or whether I'm I have my dedicated resources, how do I prioritize that then? Like the let's say the standard business with hey, there's a new idea coming in from a, a innovation challenge. I mean they're both competing for resources, right? How do I let's say.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think that's a very, very good, but also very individual mm. question, and especially what these people's what what these people have on their desk besides this 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 startup and innovation topic. What we often see is that the Urgencies and the priorities can switch within a weekend because maybe the CEO or um, the person itself read something in the newspaper, and there's a new study coming out that we really need to prioritize this now. I think there's a, there's always a sense of urgency. Like, you know, do I have to keep my my day-to-day running, or should I be focusing on the on the next one or two years? And then over the weekend, you see something, and the one to two years horizon switches suddenly to. I think we have to look at something completely different and be, make sure that we're here in, in mm. 10 to 20 years anymore. So I feel like there's always a big interest. And then at one point, there's a point of, okay, now we've we've invested so much and we saw so much from the outside. Now we really understand what all the things that are going on outside. I think we need to prioritize this more. And I think the innovation challenge is a very good start on understanding how the priority should be. And it usually switches after that.
2: Now,
0: this is interesting because let's say I'm, I'm a startup, right? I'm participating in such an innovation challenge and no, I've listened to this talk and I basically understand, hey, maybe the corporate is just, so to speak, sourcing ideas. They're not even ready yet to do anything with yeah. this. How in the innovation challenge do I then foster the urgency that the corporate understands, hey, my idea or what I'm coming up with is actually so crucial. Mm-hmm. They should dedicate resources right now
2: and hence cooperate with me as a startup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Because quite often a long journey to really really come to to your result in the end. But if you as a startup, like having there an innovation manager, who is then saying, oh, wow, that's a very cool idea. We, we like it. And then you have the feeling, oh, it's not, not going on. Quite often startups are really then trying to convince this person even more with features or with the product and, and what be like the outcomes. But they really m- often miss to ask, well, what's like the open point for you? What what mm. should you need to be like the internal ambassador ambassador for my startup? Yeah, to to approach the leadership to say, hey, this is a cool idea. Why? And this topic is urgent because I have seen these developments outside of the market. And then you as a founder have really the advantage that you know the market quite often mm. better in like your area, especially in the kind of urgency, and could go yeah, or could like work together with the innovation manager on the approach and say, okay, you need this information, I can help you here. Or maybe we can do like a a research or we already have the information available. So finding the right information, the right arguments together could be like the solution to accelerate it a bit, but then you have to really get the moment where the other person is already convinced and happy to help, Mm. uh, apart from the situation where you still have to convince this innovation manager. Right.
0: And that that's basically already a good transition to to the challenges that can also happen in this respect. What are other challenges that you guys frequently see in those innovation challenges that hamper success? I can start. I think I think the most, or the sentence I hear the the
1: the the, the most is commitment from leadership, on the one hand, and on the other hand, this internal network. You know, the 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 the, the team I have to talk to is busy right now because they have a big update on the machines or something or i still have to figure out who i'm sending this innovation to or sending this product to so i, th- I think that's what's a m- major point to hold you back missing internal network because obviously if you ha- if you're some sort of mm-hmm. yeah, if you have your friends inside mm-hmm. the company they're more likely to to uh, like okay i have 10 minutes show me what you what you have and if you don't like someone or if you do, don't even know someone it's like talk to me in four weeks Yeah. And a missing internal network within the company, I think is, is, is crucial if I have to take out one. I mean, there's obviously more, but this right. is the most urgent one, I think.
0: And and how can you overcome that?
1: Well, if you're already already in the position, you already have to be some sort of networker. You want to have, okay, I have five days in the week in the office. There should be at least, I don't know, three to four coffee dates with people I don't know. This is what, what we have been doing within PwC as well, you know, lunch dates, coffee dates. Hey. This is what I'm doing. Tell me about what you're doing. You don't even know if there's collaboration potential, but you invest to to get to know people and in two to three weeks or months or years, you know the person when you have something for them. And so what needs to change, you have to be a networker, you have to be open, you have to listen, and you have to to, to really build up this network. And if you don't have that position within your company, if you're looking for someone, if you, if you still want to hire someone, make sure this person is very open-minded, uh, very social, very good networker. Maybe also brings a network within your company, like an external network, so you have already have a, have a check on this, and this person can focus on building up relationships with them.
0: And I think the same goes for startups. I mean, having spoken to a lot of also founders, successful founders, who exited the companies, they all say, Hey, influence and the network per se as a founder is crucial, right? It unlocks yeah. so many, it, it, it unlocks funding. It unlocks new team members, even the understanding of the market, the more people, you know, in the particular market, the better you have an understanding. So from, from a startup perspective, how can you then cre- create such a network? within the company, so to speak, that helps mm-hmm. you also to, let's say, influence the people better internally mm-hmm. and also get an understanding on when is the right moment to really push for, hey, this is right now the point in time, let's
2: cooperate together. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you like, yeah, interacting with a corporate and then like in the second step with different stakeholders where you see, okay, to be successful in this collaboration, I need to convince several persons with uh, different challenges, different aims, then I really have to understand what they need to be successful. I, quite often it's like the question, okay, how can I help this person to be successful and to do the next step in right. the career development, speaking then from this corporate career um, hierarchy. And if you understand that and then can support them on this, they will be supportive for what you are doing and what, what you are, would like to place with your startup. And what I see often founders are then just pitching what they are doing, pitching the potential and, saying, wow, and this is uh, what we are doing and uh, you should, you, you need it, you should take it. And they are not having sometimes the, the feeling to ask, okay, what is like your current challenge in your department? What is like your view on our solution? Uh, and what is like your view on the current status quo? And these are an important questions to really get the situation because if we don't get it, then these people will, it's typical change management say I don't like it, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, I think these are things. If you have this network aspect and this, if you're coming into a corporate and would like to deal with different stakeholders' uh, perspective, then uh, these are crucial points.
0: And would you suggest even before an innovation challenge to really build the ties with that particular corporate, or is that something that Uh, is, let's say, facilitated through the innovation challenge and then afterwards, let's say, you just you know warm up the contact further.
2: Well, I think it's never too early to build up a network. But the question is, uh, when do you ask a network to get something out of it? Right. And for this question, you should be in the right stage. And this then it really comes with a different situation if it's the right one. But in general, I would say build up a network with different stakeholders from different corporates or even from the same, but different type of stakeholders inside the company mm-hmm. to really understand the different perspectives and then to be... More able to focus on the challenges the individual inside the corporate is facing, and not the corporate in general is formulating outside and like the challenge. Okay, because some people might not even be aware of the fact that they have problems. Well, the the one where at the machinery would formulate in a different way than the one who was maybe leading the whole factory. So right, right, these are the the points. Yeah. So now we've let's say taken the first step. We've built this,
0: or we've gone through an innovation challenge together. Now. You said initially the next step, so to speak, more commitment and in, in terms of resource, in terms of working together, is then um, venture clienteling. Mm-hmm. How can this help me? And why is it then, let's say, the next best step on the collaborative innovation journey from a corporate perspective first? Yeah, sure. Well, we
1: believe it can be a next good step because an accelerator with investing or having a CVC unit, you you... Usually, you look at a lot of startups. You look, you look at a, at a cohort of startups that you then have to work with. For example, in an accelerator, you have usually not one startup but more. If you look at the venture clienting model, it's it's a possibility to have a startup that you m- might might found in an innovation challenge or that comes from your network to really not high level, but really look at their solution, look what they can offer for your business. And work with your procurement department, for example, to include them in your, or to to buy their product. And it gives you the chance to, I would say, deep dive in the technology and a solution and a a founder mindset. And that what it does within the company is what we also hear from a lot of clients, it gives you a sort of a lighthouse project, Mm. you know. I think the first, Janis said it said it earlier also, the first one is always very hard. It's, it's hard for a startup, but it's also hard for a corporate to convince everyone that we're working with startups. Because you, what you hear, we don't know if they're going to be around in two years. We don't know if the technology is well proven. And if you have a lighthouse project within the company where you can show everyone, look, we did it once. This is the outcome. Obviously, Janis said it earlier, you need KPIs. You need to measure it. What? Became better, cheaper, faster, more efficient, yeah? But if you do that and you can show this to the entire company and once again, you have that networker that can spread the word and you have the ear of the of the CEO and you can show it worked once, then people will start coming in by themselves and say, I want what they're doing, but in the production or in HR uh, or in the expenses, for example. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's beautiful.
0: To challenge that, because I also have the experience from from corporate clients that they say, hey, rather than, let's say, doing it with an external partner, we just do a lighthouse project internally, so to speak. So we gather a small group of people. We set those ambitious goals to to transform an entire business model or entire brand, and then use those learnings and those, let's say, improvements, as you described, to get going. Where's the... Benefit, so to speak, of mm-hmm. let's say involving in a startup in that case from the actual when you could technically also do it, let's say, within your digital unit. Sure. Obviously that can also work. We, we wouldn't say this is, uh, you
1: shouldn't do that, but from our experience, it's a question of these people in that digital unit, do they really don't do anything else, can they really focus on this one problem? And'll be left alone with everything else right that's the one one point the second view is they've been within this corporate so I think they everyone working within a corporate for a couple of years have some sense of this is how we do it here it's this totally is changed. yeah yeah right. this yeah. is how we how we work uh, where we eat how we drink coffee but also how we do business and external perspective it's you know with everything if you have a, have a different set of eyes looking at a problem that is not I, th- I would say brainwashed, maybe in a positive way from from working in this corporate. It's always refreshing and and, and always inspiring. So obviously that is possible. Mm. But uh, we believe, or I believe, if you have an external view on this with someone who's not doing anything else, right? The digital unit within a company maybe is working on three to four projects at the same time, but that startup is not working on anything else. Right. I think that view is is quite crucial.
0: Mm. Which is precisely also why, then, if you, I mean, you can also have different external perspectives, right? Like, uh, uh, corporates also hire us, for instance, to, let's say, do external venture building, mm-hmm. which is then something where, again, an external party brings in their perspective on a particular market and you have that exchange. But you have, let's say, a more, maybe, holistic and 360 degree view mm-hmm. of what's happening in the market, maybe with respect to a particular target group. Mm-hmm. But not so much as you just described this very niche focus of that particular startup. I think that's also an important differentiation to make. Like what kind of collaboration partner do you ultimately want? Do you want someone who, let's say, understands the target group holistically? If we talk B2C, for instance, Mm -hmm. or do you want someone who's like hardcore on, I don't know, like industry 4.0 topics in production, you go take that startup work together. So, uh, yeah, and also one thing that we like
1: to do is we're working at the moment, I think, with around 10 corporate clients. Okay. We like to connect them with each other as well, you know. So it's not only corporate startup or corporate PwC. It's also, you know, the head of innovation from that middle market or for that family-owned business right. with the head of strategy from that family-owned business. And we see that that is also very fruitful. So it's it's not one-way thinking. It's really ecosystem thinking that we like to include in our in our work every day. It's connect you with everything we think would be valuable for your view on your innovation strategy for your company. Mm.
0: Now, we've covered the corporate side. Let's let's shift to the startup side. What's the big benefit, so to speak, coming out of,
2: what's it called? Uh, venture clienting. Venture clienting. <laughs> 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 yeah, so looking on venture clienting from a founder's perspective, there are risks, but in general, they are they are lower if you're doing it the right way in comparison to that That's the corporate will, will take shares of you, for example, invest in you with a strategic perspective. So it's like a first step in that direction, maybe if you would like to, but uh, I see the biggest advantage in the way that you can further develop your product with a client that is 100% committed right. in the ideal case. yeah. And if you then can match this with a clear own understanding of a product roadmap and where you would like to go, then it could be very beneficial because you will get resources, you will get insights, you will get feedback on your development, on your product, on what you are doing. And this then could accelerate the process and make you, in the end, being there, having a better product, still be overall independent, having a good client. It should be a reference client where you can name it, say it out in the market, and then it's good. The risk on the other side quite often is that you have something like exclusivity. So you're not able to, to speak to the next ones. You are not able to say the name maybe mm. uh, due to NDAs and so on. Sometimes I say if you have a first client you cannot talk about, it's not existing right, in the market. So um, the first one should be one because you invest the most time in the first one mm. where you can mention it. And and then the third risk is really that and, and it's as well a challenge to balance between what this corporate is formulating as their needs and what is like the market need? Right. So what is an individual need just of this corporation and what is the general need of as well as the others in the same market? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the challenge. If you could do this in the right, right way, then uh, then it's very helpful. Which comes down to really having a clear focus and roadmap for exactly. your startup. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you should, you, for example, software development companies, quite often we see very successful um, software as a service startups uh, who are developing their software being paid by corporate, doing it for the needs of the corporate, but as well like 80% for the needs of a market. Mm. And then it's beneficial. But if you're then doing some some extra solutions for this individual uh, specific way of interaction inside this corporate, this one corporate, then it's something you cannot really sell to others later on. And then it's more like just being a software consultancy. Mm -hmm. And this is not what you would like to become if you are a startup who would like to really accelerate, grow, and be like yeah 10x or whatsoever right
0: now since since we often see that challenge that people that startups are then let's say more nudged into one direction that they might not necessarily initially thought of pursuing how do you handle that in terms of let's say your strategic objectives and in terms of staying true to you to what you ultimately believe in what you want to build because on the one hand you're a bit let's say dependent on that startup especially mm-hmm. if you have only one uh, corporate venturing client mm. and then on the other hand, um, yeah, you don't you don't necessarily want to exclude that market perspective completely because otherwise, as you just said, you become a yeah. more or less a g-
2: good software agency. Yeah, I think uh, if you're in the situation that you are in this yeah, venture clienting theme and you have like a collaboration uh, with this perspective corporate as a client of a startup, this shouldn't mean for the founders to don't talk to other corporates. Hmm. So you still have to be in the network. You still have to be active in the market to have a feeling of the overall development and direction because it's not easy to, to prioritize and to say, okay, this is important. This isn't. And therefore still be active, still be outside in the market, to act like uh, you are looking for the next one, even though you are still, uh, you're you are already in a good position. I think this is Really important to to have this broad view and to to don't lose it because you can be like a yeah like like sucked into the
0: the corporate needs. And and talking about challenges, what are the challenges then from from a corporate perspective as well? Because as like as a corporate, I have let's say other needs, right? I want that startup to be exclusively working for me because it's essentially uh, a cheaper solution. I avoid that maybe insights from other corp or from my corporate or portrayed to other corporates or exchange how do i balance that
1: how do you balance like being being the exclusive client from from a startup Uh, well i think that's one of the challenges but also one of the 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 beautiful things when you're working with startups they've seen a lot yes they they're probably talking to your competitors as well can be sure of that but but what they are is they are little ecosystems in themselves because they know investors, they know other corporates, they know other startups, and they bring all, or they know maybe or multiplicators like us, and they bring all that network and that experience to the table, I would say, right? So I don't see that necessarily as a negative thing um, from my perspective. In the calls we have, in the workshops, in the projects, we see this multiple perspective that startups and founders can bring to the table as a very positive, um, positive thing. Now, if you want to have exclusive rights, obviously, then if you, if you look at the, at what we talked at the very beginning, maybe then the investment part is not so low any anymore and, and, and you have to up it a little bit because you say, Hey, we like your idea we like your technology we want to be exclusive here can we invest in you for example right. and then obviously we go a little bit further after venture clienting so we have exclusive rights maybe and we're working on a project right now actually where we we have a startup that is in discussion with one of our corporates that we presented it to you know so it's a very tough discussion on on how much are we investing and do we get exclusive rights then and you know obviously that a very tough but very interesting situation right now but yeah if you want to be exclusive on this terms you maybe have to think about investing a bit more you know is it budget is it people
0: be ready to up your
1: game yeah <laughs> I, I would
2: think say. about the consequences yeah. yeah you as well if you are convinced that the solution is important for the future want that the startup can be alive in the future mm-hmm. and if you're too restrictive with these terms maybe even in the situation that you're saying okay i'm, I'm the big corporate i know more than you and I have more experience in legal work then uh, there could be the risk that later on okay you have a solution implemented but your competitors are saying I cannot take it because you are so close with them and the start saying okay I cannot stay alive if you don't give me the money and then you have to know the consequence that giving the money or there's nothing. Mm.
0: That totally makes sense absolutely. And I mean we talked right now a bit about the framework about having to let's say open up the commit or to to commit more to resources, to commit more to also let's say to foster in a, in a way and more open mindedness to understand hey this is not exclusive uh, necessarily mm-hmm. but it's more something where yes we're working together on the project but like the startup is still going to talk to a lot of different people and we also talked about the challenges that come with it mm-hmm. are there other challenges that aside from this. Points or existing in this entire domain of venture clienteling.
2: It, it, it definitely yes yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The point is there are always very specific challenges mm-hmm. you you won't have seen before. Yeah. These are not the ones that uh, like like should be covered in a, in a broad audience. <laughs> uh, but but they are there, and I think sometimes it is still a situation uh, of of coming from two. We yeah, have perspectives where, where the one has a lot of other experience than the others. And even, especially if you have like first-time founders or very young founders, the mind might see this as a big opportunity without having the full perspective of what it means for the future. And so, so this challenge uh, then from a corporate perspective, really uh, thinking as well a little bit in the sense of the startup mm. to have a successful relationship and, and not the situation of we have to renegotiate in a year. Uh, is is definitely there. yeah. So so quite often you would say as a corporate, well, I will take most of the cake and I can give some cake back later on. Mm. But in the time where you have most of the cake, the startup won't be in the focus of others anymore. So you have to do it right at the beginning and the situation can be challenging.
1: Absolutely. And maybe I can add, never underestimate the the will to survive i would say from internal units you know sometimes we see oh yeah we uh, th- th- actually just last week we 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 introduced startups that we think are very capable of what they're doing and we think they could be a great asset to the company and we pitch it and then two days later we get the information our it department doesn't want solutions like this or like that and you start thinking okay maybe they're scared to scare to lose their jobs you know or mm-hmm. something like that so be prepared to that conversation as a corporate, obviously not to just get rid of these people, but just to be ready that this is a fear these people might have if you bring a new technology. I mean, everyone is, is is happy to have a job and, you know, they, they want to stay there. And if you just throw something at them, hey, look at this, this could be cool, this could be save us so much time. First thought is not maybe not like your perspective, oh, this is very innovative, this is a very good technology, it's like this is my job, you know, Right. and so just be prepared to, to prepare to have that conversation, have an answer for that. But, I think that's quite crucial.
0: Yeah, Definitely. I, I mean, we've also seen that quite a few times where then you have to really, and, and coming back to what you described actually originally, mm-hmm. so where you say, hey, you have to have this lighthouse project that you can then use to convince those peoples mm-hmm. who are very skeptical, if not outright scared of the consequences of mm-hmm. such a uh, new technology or such a mm-hmm. new solution and then slowly build it up maybe in let's say a controlled environment mm-hmm. that you can then slowly showcase hey this is actually let's say also bringing benefits it's not going to be a replacement my job but it's going to make my job way easier yeah. and then get these people on board but i do see the point that it's very hard to get that right initially when the first reaction is we've always done this this way yeah. what should we necessarily go about it? Yeah. I think one uh, the most important thing
1: the innovation team has to do is you, you know you have, you have the startup here with the speed and technology all the way up here. Then you might have the the team of the corporate who is open for this but has a different speed of working. And then maybe you have a department and where we you want uh, want to imp- implement the technology, but you as the innovation team you have to be the translator, mm. and not just pass it through and and send it over. You have to really translate, take the time, explain it. You have to be the translator of innovation, I think.
0: Right. And so this is, let's say, a good way to also describe how then this can work. Now, moving a bit further, we had right now the innovation challenges, moving over the venture clienting. Venture clienting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, thing my one. favorite word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now going a bit more, when it comes to even more commitment, often what we see is that there's accelerator programs or incubator programs that really already take uh, share in the startup for them to then coach the startup along the way so it's that's so in a way it's the natural progression of if you should say hey okay this is something where I might want exclusivity then I might pursue such program uh, might pursue such an approach to really get that exclusivity and get that right very early on sometimes I mean in, in case of incubators even technically right before the idea is even really born and matured uh, in case of accelerators, once the very first steps have been walked, but there's really also still lots of room to grow. What are the boundary conditions and then the frameworks that I have, have to establish as a corporate to make such an accelerator and or incubator program a success? I, I think the beauty
1: of an accelerator and incubator, especially in comparison to a venture clienting model, is that you can include many more people from the company. So for example, you have, an, an, as a corporate, you want your own accelerator. So you launch an, a program, maybe with a partner, maybe by yourself, where you invite startups for a certain topic or maybe for the entire company. Maybe you have an accelerator just to accelerate your, your corporate, right? So you have 8 to 10 to 12 startups joining you for a, a limited amount of time. So it's very focused. It's very driven. But then you have different units that can join the program to bring their challenges and discuss the solutions with the startup. So in one shot and very focused and limited time, you can inclu- include many many departments of the of the company, and maybe it's not the one lighthouse project, or so maybe it's five to six lighthouse projects uh, that can be can be realized. So there's even more translation work to do. A bit more, you know, the, the investment goes up as as an accelerator. You have the outside-in investment goes up, especially investment of time from your experts from the company that take time to explain, to talk to those startups, explain what they need, and then learn how the startups can help them. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, investment goes up if you go look at the categories from earlier, but the outcome can also work.
0: Right. And yeah. then what, what I think is interesting then, because you just described the fact that, hey, it could be like several lighthouse projects, but then... If I'm a startup or a founder in that particular, let's say, environment, how do I actually make sure to prioritize those
2: things? I think from a founder perspective, yeah, this whole topic is something maybe something even for for, for like a deep dive, yeah, yeah, because it's it it it's so there's so many opportunities coming with it, but as well, uh, so many risks of of wasting your time, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because time is well, apart from from capital, like like the yeah, second or like even a crucial point and. It is very competitive sometimes being in an accelerator, being like, like, not the only one lighthouse project. Uh, on the other hand, this competition really can accelerate you in your own development and finding maybe as well your weaknesses and maybe even better understand your own USP selling to cops. Uh, so from that point of view, it's it's a question to, to feel ready for this and to, to be like uh, in, in the right business model and area that you could face it. But if you can say yes, then it uh, could be a good good time and uh, could be very valuable.
0: So basically, if, I, if I'm right now the founder and I'm considering joining your accelerator program or your incubator program, I should ask myself questions such as what kind of, let's say, in which kind of domain, obviously, do I want to build the company? Do I want to go B2B, B2C? What type of? technology do I want, maybe want to use? What kind of business model is most attuned to me? Like, am I more the SaaS type of person or am I more, let's say the I don't know, agency type Mm -hmm. of person and so on and so forth. Am I willing to, let's say, also compromise a bit on speed maybe given that I cooperate with the corporate rather than let's say going completely by myself Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a startup world where I might have less dependencies and hence be able to move faster, but also have the drawback of not having the right resources what other questions should i ask myself then
2: yeah they, it, it's already a very very good summary of, of questions you should or topics you should face so for example as, as we are like having a, a program that is not i, I won't call it accelerator program but but it is really in this phase of you're in the market you have financing you have a team but you want, want to grow now and, and you have this yeah this this pains with growth and your organization development and you would, would like to have even more access to a network, to corporates, and so on. We then always discuss with the founders beforehand what are your challenges. So we are, we are asking them, we are going deeper into it, and then these challenges should meet with the specific setup of this accelerator or of this incubator. So you have to, yeah, say okay, this is these are the challenges for for the next period where this program would would be laying, mm-hmm. and then on the other side, say okay what could this program deliver? And if you then have like your top three deliver points matching with your top three challenges, you can say, okay, now I will check if they are already delivering these things. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, there's a lot of promising out in the market and quite often broad networks of mentoring, for example. But what does it mean? Does it mean the mentor is doing one-on-ones each week? Or is it just see. like, like, like uh, seeing them on the paper? Uh, so... You have to then talk to other founders, talk about traction, uh, and, and get a feeling for it. And I think these are, yeah, like like the crucial points to to have a successful time and not a waste of time.
0: And then talking about let's say the support that you just described, Stefan. How do you decide as a corporate which type of support I want to bring in? Like whether I want to bring in external mentors, whether I want to bring people in from the inside mostly. How do I let's say create the most successful setup?
1: Also, I think there's a lot of listening involved uh, the, at the very beginning to understand how much time, how much potential that do, do, do your existing workers, existing people in the company have to to work on something like that. so how may, how much capacity do you even have or is are, is everyone completely booked already? If that is the case, I think it totally makes sense to to look for an external partner and um, for deal flow, for inspiration. So you can focus on what you're doing best, which is the, the, the core of your of your corporate and do the inspiration and startup work from outside. Right. And I think it's a journey of, hey, let's start doing this. And if you if you realize I need, like, like Janis said earlier, I need uh, four weeks to answer to an email. I, I don't have the time to look at a proposal, to look at what the startups are sending me. Maybe it's time to to look for someone who supports me here. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy easy feelings. Like, do I have the time? Can I take the time out of my schedule?
0: No. Yeah. Are there any other challenges or conflicts or framework conditions? So, for this incubator slash accelerator topic that we haven't touched upon,
2: and not a challenge, but I think a, a big topic. We we haven't touched it so clearly, but it shouldn't be. Uh, it should be uh, very focused as uh, this question of Are there any Equity shares you should give to, mm-hmm. for example, the organizers, or, or so on. It was very common a few years ago. I think today there are a lot of offerings where where you don't have to mm-hmm. uh, really, um, yeah, give give shares uh, or have any equity dilution. So you really should be aware of this topic, and maybe should talk to some some experts about it to mm-hmm. to do the right decision there, and and as well to other founders who have been part of the program, but as well who haven't been because. <laughs> The one who has been maybe already given some shares would say, "Oh, it was not the worst decision," right? Because they're, they're a little bit influenced of, of what they decided in the past. Although it might also be if you have a, let's say
0: a strategic investor very early on, like is, if that's one of your first investors, it might. It depends it might, on
2: the terms. Very difficult, even even more looking on incubator programs yeah. because due to the early stage, you feel like anything I can get might be of worth, but if you then. Building up, and this is then the second part, like a platform business model. You need a completely different structure of your cap table than for, for example, just uh, just a business-to-business software lo- solution where you can say, okay, I can survive with one or hundred clients, and I don't have to approach the whole market. Right. But but I would like to maybe.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, because in a platform model, as you just mentioned, if you have that one strategic investor, the other ones are saying, well, no.
2: That's yeah, they of, say, like, well, no, the, the much financial much. investors would say, oh, not, not enough shares for the founders after like right. your Series B and uh, exactly. we are out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how do you, let's say, balance this need for, hey,
0: I want involvement early on because I believe in that founding team and saying, hey, eventually I'll just, let's say, have good ideas. I have good touch point with these people, but don't, not necessarily this commitment that I might want to have in that startup, also financially. Like what? 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 What do you mean? Um, like to balance
1: having contact with the startup but not investing, or
0: the how do you strike the balance between I want as much equity as possible. Early on, yeah. mm-hmm. and I also see that I don't want to, on the other hand, threaten the the growth perspective of the startup. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's
1: a very good question that we, all, we always discuss with our clients because they always. One particular, and I have in mind who always says, we have to ask ourselves every day, how much of our corporate does this startup or can this startup take? Like how much of our thinking of our processes? And I believe, or what I see where that works very well is signing or or, or telling the startup and showing the startup that we are there for them, that, that the corporate is there for them if they need anything, if they need expertise or resources, infrastructure but leave them alone if they don't, right? So when we, as, as Janis told earlier, the, the CEO in our insight session who said we, he didn't want it to be our first startup because obviously if you put your money in a startup, you, you, you're all over the place for the first time maybe because you're, okay, I invested in this. I want to see how it, how it goes. What are you doing today? What are you doing this week, right? What are the goals? So there's a lot of refraining and, and, and putting someone maybe a little bit in a cage where they cannot evolve like they, like they would be if, if they would be free. Uh, so uh, I think ha- striking that balance is very crucial. And I think showing that you're there if you need them, but leave them alone. If they don't, is, is, is a quite good, easy recipe to, to follow for the first uh,
0: steps. Yeah. I can definitely echo that. I think like leave the startup alone. Also, in, I mean, also in the classical case of uh, venture building, then it's like, you got to leave the team alone. The team has to have a majority of equity. Yeah there has to be not like the typical reporting structures like as a normal department has because otherwise you spend half of your time instead of building the business, you spend on running the KPIs, running the analysis and really, let's say, doing the nitty-gritty compliance stuff which is not going to take you anywhere.
2: Yeah, and and if you're doing a good job as a corporate in this venture-clienting theme, then founders are very happy to give shares, Yeah because they see the impact and then it's a quite easier decision. And and then you have to just, uh, as well uh, compare the two situations. The one is like like a corporate negotiating with a startup of investing and the second one is corporate and a financial investor and a startup are negotiating together because then you have no, another perspective and could then follow like, like the financial themes. So uh, these different situations are as well something uh, different. Right.
0: All right. So to summarize, what we said is that in collaborative innovation, there is, let's say, a clear path or trajectory that one can take from the initial commitment and more exploration phase when it comes to, hey, I realize I want to get more exposure to the market, but I don't really want to commit much resources. Uh, We talked about innovation challenges in this respect. Mm -hmm. And then evolving over venture clientele, where it's more about, let's say, having a closer association with a particular startup for a particular domain or need, than towards accelerator incubator programs where the corporate actually needs, uh, partially takes mm-hmm. equity or any type of other investment form. And so along this trajectory, we touched upon the different challenges, the, the frameworks that both the corporates and the startups have, have to, let's say, offer. Mm-hmm. And what what for you are, let's say, the, the crucial points that we haven't touched upon yet and that we will then deep dive into in the next sessions? I, I, I think for me, the,
1: the one thing, it doesn't matter how, how much you invest or in what vehicle you're putting your money on or you, you want to be involved, it always comes down to network connections and Interacting with people, and it's very from a corporate perspective. What I see is so crucial on who do you put in that position and how are they able to enable the entire corporate with the with the startups. But yeah, happy to to deep dive into the personalities of innovation managers in 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 the next session.
2: Yeah, I think from from founder's perspective, in theory, I would say it's best if you have like. A- clear understanding of your way in the next months because just in that case you can really yeah, evaluate if the option A or B, innovation challenge, accelerator or venture clienting is the right one. On the other hand, in the end quite often it changes from day to day mm. so uh, having having a good view having a good vision and, and something you're looking at and feeling it's the right one and then Evaluating it with this perspective, this is like the, the one crucial point with a lot of perspectives, a lot of different uh, situations you can face. So nothing for a minute, but maybe as well as then for, for a longer deep dive Yeah,
0: Awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. And yeah, thanks again for joining me today. And we see each other in the next two episodes of this PwCX Hatch or Bolt-Type special mini series. Thank you. Very thanks. Very it was nice. pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Digital Transformer podcast. This has been part one of our three-part mini-series on collaborative innovation together with PwC Germany. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please take a minute to like, subscribe, or share this podcast to spread the word so that I can continue bringing you the outstanding conversations and guests. And if you have questions about this episode or have questions about how you can successfully identify, build, or scale digital products and services, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can find me on linkedin.com-in.kilian.karash or write me an email at kilian.hatch.studio. In the next episode of this three-part series, we dive into the corporate world and explore how corporates can unlock their full innovation potential by selecting the right innovation opportunities, establishing the necessary frameworks and overcome often overlooked pitfalls. So go to your podcast player and type in Digital Transformer Podcast and Corporate Innovation. Thanks again for listening and I hear you next week.